0: Welcome to Talk Dizzy to Me, the show that brings you a comprehensive look into the complex field of dizziness. Now here are your hosts, vestibular physical therapist, Dr. Abby Ross and Dr. Danielle Tate. Welcome back everyone to Talk Dizzy to Me. I'm Dr. Abby Ross joined by Dr. Danielle Tate and we are wrapping up day one of the first ever virtual vestibular conference. Just so happens to fall on Balance Awareness Week, so perfect timing there. We didn't plan it at all, I swear. (laughs) Today's topic, led or hosted by Danny here with me, was presented by Dr. Kim Bell. It was on navigating the United States healthcare system. And later in the day, we also had a presentation for the UK healthcare system, which was really awesome hearing the different perspectives, some overlap, but also some different points that came about in the discussion So Danny, I'm gonna pass it off to you. What stood out to you during today's presentation?
1: First, I've gotta say, I think this was one of the first presentations that made sense to start with for the week because figuring out how to describe your symptoms, how to prepare for these doctor's appointments, how to really kind of get to the person you need to get to is so important to make sure that you get the help that you need, that it's a great way to kick off this virtual conference that was designed for patients. So we had um, our speaker, Dr. Kim Bell today. She talked about her experiences and her advice for navigating the healthcare system. And she did a pretty good job with a couple of things that people really connected with. One of the first things I noticed that that was that the chat was lighting up from people saying, Oh, I know exactly what that's like, or that sounds exactly like me, or this is exactly how you would describe my symptoms. So she was really hitting on a good note there and she gave a really, really good long list of examples of different things that you could do in your day that might trigger your symptoms. Mm -hmm. So like she explained bending over to pull clothes out of a washer, um, very specific head positions, like if you had to reach underneath your bed to get something out. So she did a great job of giving patients kind of a foundation for figuring out how to describe their dizziness to their doctors, as well as what specifically to pay attention to. Some of the big things like, what was going on when you had the onset of symptoms, what are some of the things that make your symptoms worse or trigger them to happen, and then paying attention to how long those symptoms go on for. So keeping a log of that is super important and just kept hitting on really, really good points to prepare patients for a way to be um, succinct and effective when going to their, their physicians.
0: Yeah, agreed. I mean, how many times do we see a patient and they say, I've seen eight other patients providers before i got to you i mean it's it's every single day someone has had a long road before getting to a vestibular provider that actually understands and can help and guide treatment so for me i think along those lines with the history how important the history is when you're looking for a healthcare provider you want to ask questions before seeing that provider you want to call their office ask questions you know, what, what conditions do they treat? Do they only do the Epley maneuver? Well, my symptoms aren't really BPPV in nature. That's not room spinning. It's not positional. Do they treat other vestibular disorders? And then also again, along the same lines, your history is so important. The interview that you have with your provider really does guide your treatment. So if you can come prepared thinking about, okay, what does specifically trigger me? What makes me feel better? How long do my symptoms last? When did they begin? Are they getting better, worse, or staying the same? What other symptoms am I feeling? Am I nauseated? Is my hearing changing? Whatever it may be, the more detail, I think the better when it comes to discussing your problem with your clinician.
1: Oh, absolutely. Just being able to even put words to it really makes a big difference and is super important. I actually emailed somebody this morning who could not... For the life of them, figure out how to put a word to what they were feeling like. So mm. we basically sat there and went through an almost like an encyclopedia, and um, just kind of sat there and tried to figure out what exactly it was feeling first, so we could better understand. I mean, that's that's huge. Um, it was it was very interesting to hear her talk about the different type of specialties. So you mm. and I are familiar of the different providers, but a lot of people think, oh, my e- ear, nose, and throat doctor, they're going to know what to do. And really, a lot of people don't realize that ear, nose, and throat means they specialize in ear, nose, and throat. So you might have an ENT that specializes more in throat surgeries or ear surgeries, you know, or nose surgeries, Um, might not specifically be somebody who focuses on balance and vestibular. So she, you you know, she talked about an otolaryngologist, a neurotologist, um, different subspecialties that are more designed to be specialized in vertigo and imbalance. And those are the type of providers you wanna look for if you wanna get to the bottom of something. So being more specific about what specialties to look into was was another topic they hit on that. A lot of people were like, yeah, that makes sense because it took me seven tries to get to that one person. I had no idea they existed.
0: (laughs) Right, right. And you know, Some of those more specialty providers, obviously they're more rare. So finding a provider can be difficult. But I think that is a silver lining of the COVID age is that many of these providers are now providing care virtually. So even if this provider is four hours away, hopefully at least an initial consult, more of a screen, getting a good history, seeing if they can help you before you make the trek, or maybe they can just help you virtually. I know Danny and I, we see patients virtually all the time, and we are successful at it. And actually, the feedback from patients is good with telehealth as well. Uh, the other the other point that I wanted to make is physical therapists, I believe, was number two when it came to the uh, provider that tends to treat these conditions. And I think that's so important to recognize. People think physical therapy, and they don't necessarily think vertigo or dizziness, but This is a whole different specialty within the physical therapy realm. And oftentimes, the physical therapist has more time than a physician, usually, and um, can really spend the time necessary to discuss with the patient and educate the patient, put the patient at ease with figuring out exactly what's going on and what steps to take to get better. So I was really pleased to see We did make the list and we were at the top of the list, so that was good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a a fantastic slide, and that was taken from a survey of 500 different patients, so obviously the population can be a little skewed, but I would agree wholeheartedly with what they were reporting on, and of that slide that she was showing, there was 11 different providers, and that did not include a primary care physician. These were all of your specialists, and of those 11 providers, physical therapist was number two on that list, which is Phenomenal. I mean, you're absolutely right. And we've talked about this on a previous episode where we might be a little biased being both physical therapists, (laughs) but, you know, we can be that gatekeeper because of the way that we have our system set up we can spend more time with a patient to sit down, take a really good history, see them more on a regular basis for longer periods of time to kind of really get to the bottom of what's going on, whether it is in the office or telehealth and virtually. So the physical therapy realm is definitely um, a really special place to be in when it comes to vestibular therapy and um, working with patients in that in that field.
0: And you know, something else that's pretty encouraging, I think, and this is taken from some of the chat that was happening during the presentation but physical therapists for the most part do have direct access so even if you meet with a physical therapist first if the physical therapist feels that you probably should see a neurologist or or some a different specialty or maybe you do need some imaging to rule out something more sinister as the cause of your vertigo Uh, A physical therapist is actually a really good place to start because we do have the tools and the clinical decision-making to refer as needed or to treat if we think it's appropriate.
1: And make good recommendations. I mean, when we work in our clinics or our physicians, we're not just treating only vestibular and dizzy, right? I mean, I'm seeing patients for knee replacements. I I still treat head to toe. I'm still a regular physical therapist. Um, So you do get referrals from neurologists. You do understand who's available in the area and who specializes in what. So going to your physical therapist, they're gonna have a good general sense of who's in that immediate area that they can refer you to. So it's not only can they refer you to a person or, or figure out if you need to see somebody else, but they might have a really good recommendation of who you should see based on what your findings are. You now, if I have somebody who I suspect that has vestibular migraine, I know which neurologist in the area is more likely to give them um, you know, better treatment options because they better understand the diagnosis. Right. So physical therapy can be your gatekeeper. It's a really great place to start, kind of get an idea of what's going on. And if it's not appropriate for you to be there, the therapist will tell you and point you in the right direction.
0: You really, you can't go wrong. No. One little caveat though, physical therapy or not all physical therapists know about vestibular dysfunction. So if you want to do your due diligence, call the clinic, speak with the therapist if they let you and have a little bit of an interview for the clinician you're going to see to make sure that they are right for you. The other thing I wanted to point out in, and it was mentioned today, I don't know if it was in the patient panel or during the presentation, probably both, but if you're not satisfied with the clinician that you're going to, get a, get a second opinion. Thank there you. is a name in that game, do it. You will find a clinician that is skilled and knowledgeable in vestibular dysfunction. It might take a little bit, but also the Vestibular Disorders Association directory online can be a really helpful place to start. At least find a clinician who knows about VITA for one and has logged their information on the directory. And that's where we should
1: we should definitely take some time to plug Vita because Vita is the number one source for patient resources. It is the largest vestibular community that you're going to find out there, and they do a really good job of pulling together resources and people to create as much content as they can to get people the help that they need. So our uh, vestibular conference that we're, we're mentioning right now is being put on by Vita. It's the first one they've ever done, um, and they're doing this with the patient in mind they're putting all the patients in the center of this community and trying to rally behind them to give them as much as they possibly can so you should check them out you should check out their provider directory these are people who are members of vita that do take that extra time to specialize and have this extra training if you're looking for someone in your area use the directory you can search either by city name zip or even look for somebody specifically It'll pop out and populate a whole list of names of people close by. And you can use that to call an interview and find out what might be the right place for you to go to. So you should definitely check out Vita. They're at vestibular.org. Check out the resources that they have. They even have really good support groups. So um, I saw a lot of comments in the chat today, which made me really happy to realize, you know, even if they weren't pulling out a ton of information, people weren't feeling alone anymore. I don't right. know if you saw that. People kept saying, oh my gosh, there's other people that experience this. And I, there's so many people in the chat. I don't feel alone. And that in itself, I think, was just a huge accomplishment. So it was really neat to see people pull together. We had like 300 people watching I live. Know,
0: I know. I mean, and, you know, it's such an invisible illness, which was also a topic that was uh, discussed today how this invisible illness, it's not a broken arm and a cast or a runny nose, it's something you can't see. So, I think that more people than we even imagine are actually affected by vestibular disorders and to see people, you know, I guess, feed off of each other and realize that they're not alone and feel that support is so, so, so rewarding. And we should mention here too, that one of our patient panelists, David, he runs a great support group. There are both stories that are relatable, you know, symptom wise or struggle wise. And I think equally there are success stories in his group. There are stories of hope, stories of encouragement that, you know, it's not the end of the road. You will get there. Um, So I think his support group is really great. And then the other patient panelist, Kayla, she has a great blog. She has vestibular migraines. And I believe she mentioned it started as vestibular neuritis. um, So kind of a combination. But in her blog, I think you'll find great resources and also just someone to relate to again, someone that understands what you're going through. This kind of leads me into another takeaway from today. It's, you know, how do you describe or what resources do you provide to your caregivers, family, support system, friends, coworkers? because it is an invisible illness. You're going to have to really educate your your circle so that they understand what you're going through, because you might look fine, but you don't always feel fine.
1: Absolutely. And the one thing that I thought was interesting was between David and Kayla. I mean, you've got an older gentleman and a young mom. And both of them had very different diagnoses, but very similar symptoms and experiences. Mm -hmm. So to have something so different, still be so similar in nature, is pretty crazy Um, and that's where those support groups I think really do come and help you don't feel alone other people get it because I don't think people truly understand what it's like living with a vestibular dysfunction until they've experienced it themselves
0: no Um,
1: No. it's just it's horrible and it's 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 not something that's easy to go through and it's also not easy to watch a loved one go through So I think these uh, these patient panels this week are going to be very interesting and enlightening to listen to, um, especially because they relate to the topic that we're covering that morning. So I'm really, really excited to hear what some of these other uh, patient panels have to say and what they have to bring to the table, because I feel like I took a lot away from listening um, to David and Kayla today. It was pretty cool.
0: Yes. And in the UK version as well, a little bit later on, they had some great patient panel discussion. And one thing that I took away from that, I believe her name was Abby actually, which is my name as well. (laughs) But um, I think that was her name. She had mentioned that, you know, she was always the go, go, go type and a silver lining or a positive note of her vestibular disorder was that she realized it's okay to slow down. She realized it's okay to, you know, sit with friends and have a cup of tea and relax and you still enjoy those moments too. And you're catering a little bit or, um, uh, combating a little bit, your, your vestibular disorder while still socializing. So I thought that was really cool that she found different things that she really enjoys and is still enjoying life while living with a vestibular disorder. Um,
1: go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, definitely worth listening to. And I think that if you can get a hold of both presentations, you definitely should. Um, and this is a good reminder for any of you who might have missed our, our panels and our presentations today. They are gonna be live for the first 24 hours um, after they were presented and they're gonna be free. So you could access them at vestibular.org, click at the top of the page at Balance Awareness Week and you'll find the link for the virtual vestibular conference. Um, and you can kind of look those up there. Uh, tomorrow, Abby will be hosting. It's her job now to run the, the webinar, which good <laughs> luck. You'll just have heart palpitations the entire time. <laughs> it's, you did such a great job.
0: You and Laura not easy.
1: Naturals. Oh my gosh. This this whole live aspect of it is terrifying. <laughs> Especially when you forget to unmute your microphone. Lesson learned.
0: Well um, yeah, on Thursday and Friday, I bet that doesn't happen again.
1: It'll be smooth, it'll be smooth as butter. Um, Tomorrow we will be hearing from uh, two clinicians, Dr. Eva and Dr. Johanna, who will be covering the cognitive and emotional impacts of vestibular disorders. Um, You should definitely tune in for that one. It's gonna be good. Um, Check out the rest of the panels and the um, presentations for the rest of the week. Uh, you have to pre-register or register for each of those separately. So just registering for one won't register you for all. So make sure you check those out. Um, anything else, Abby?
0: We'll definitely link everything in this episode. And I think the the main thing that I always tell people is education is key. So to have these free resources available to you this week, I mean, seriously, take advantage you're going to you're going to walk away with at least one takeaway something that's going to impact your ability to recover and live with a vestibular disorder whether it's how you interact with your friends family how you get through your day your job your mom duties whatever it may be there's a lot of great information coming your way this week and I think today we started off on the right foot. Thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow at Vestibular Virtual Conference or Virtual Vestibular Conference. And then again, later that evening for a wrap up of day two on Talk Dizzy to Me. Good night.